The ETC ETF Insiders Podcast takes you behind the scenes of the ETF industry. Here is your host. Welcome to another episode of the ETC ETF Insiders Podcast. I'm your host, Amanda, and today we're going to learn a little bit about the medical psychedelic industry. Yes, you heard that correctly. While Psychedelic conjures up images of magic mushrooms, tie-dyed shirts, and Steve Miller band, we are actually talking about legitimate pharmaceuticals utilizing psilocybin found in some mushrooms. Tim Collins from Elemental Advisors is joining me to talk about the index behind the Psych ETF, symbol PSYK. Tim has a long history in financial markets, having established and managed numerous trading and market-making operations in both the United States and Europe. His experience spans multiple disciplines and asset classes with a particular focus on equity derivatives and Delta One products. So Tim, are you ready to help us better understand the investment opportunities in this cutting edge area of medical research and therapies? Uh, Yeah, man, I actually hope so. All right. Well, let's just get started with our first question. I'm always interested in the human element of these various ETFs and love hearing how they came to be. Can you tell us a little bit about yourself and your background and the origin for Psych? Sure. You alluded to it a little bit in the intro. I've been involved in ETFs for over 20 years and indexation in general for over 35 years. Um, Recently, I was approached by some uh, folks that I've worked with over the past several years about forming a company to bring uh, an ETF to market focused on psychedelic medication. And this was an area, a segment of the market that they identified early and thought it offered great potential. And there weren't a lot of good investment opportunities out there. So it seemed like a good fit. We formed Elemental and uh, we have uh, listed our first ETF, which is PSYK. So PSYK tracks the Enhanced Consciousness Index. Um, how does it determine what holdings are in the Psych ETF? Yeah, the index itself is a modified cap, cap weight uh, index. So it has a selection criteria. Obviously, the stocks have to meet uh, certain liquidity thresholds and whatnot. And then there is a keyword search. We effectively, we, we assemble a basket of 25 names that are all involved in the treatment of mental health disorders. And then uh, we concentrate on those that have a psychedelic component. So the, the, the companies that are in the psych ETF, they tend to focus more on how these psychedelics can help treat mental illness as opposed to other illnesses. Is that correct? That is correct. We're, we're trying to strictly focus the pharmaceutical-grade treatments for mental health disorders. Um, it's also probably important to talk about what the index is not, but we can get into that. We, uh, when you look at psychedelics, people immediately think recreational. Uh, we have nothing to do with recreational legalization movements uh, or the use of psychedelics in a recreational capacity. We've actively chosen not to include cannabis names, and we don't include any ancillary names. So there's no banking and supply chain type of names. All of the names are uh interested in uh, completing clinical trials for the treatment of mental health disorders. So they're taking components of of the psilocybin that they find in mushrooms and then using those to see if they can be effective in treating various mental illness diseases. 
Right. Cybacillin is a good example. There's also MDMA, LSD. There's a number of these compounds that all fall into the psychedelic bucket. And there's a, a fair amount of research being done to all of them to treat a, an array of mental health disorders. Wow, that's fascinating. So why should investors be interested in the medical psychedelic industry? Are there particular societal trends as well as research that will drive this relatively new industry? Yeah, actually, um, if you look at the treatment of mental health, uh, mental health is a huge problem. Uh, I think the estimates are something uh, along one in five adults in the U.S. will at some point in their life suffer from a mental health disorder. And uh, the indications are that COVID and the response to it have made that uh, situation even worse. The current treatments, honestly, are, are a little lacking. Um, even when they're successful, it's generally a lifetime of uh, uh, prescription and clinical treatment. The use of psychedelics represents, and it's an over overused word, but it's a new paradigm in the treatment of these conditions. Are they um, seeing any like extensive side effects with these drugs? Like they do some of the current treatments, you know, have you know significant side effects that sometimes stop people from taking them or continue to take them. Are they seeing the same kind of thing with the psychedelic? Drugs? No, they're seeing they're seeing uh, virtually no uh, adverse side effects uh, associated with the use. Oh, that would be huge. So, how has the medicinal psychedelic drug market evolved over the years? I mean, this, this isn't totally new, but it is kind of entering a groundbreaking, you know, area of technology. Yeah, I actually think you'd have a hard time finding uh, a segment of the market that has uh, kind of risen from the phoenix, risen from the ashes more than psychedelics. As recently as 15 years ago, there was virtually no research into the field because of an almost global ban on the uh, use of the products. And that stemmed from the 1970s. And it was a UN level initiative that the U.S. led. So from that, we now got um, research centers at, at tens and tens of different universities from Oxford uh, to Berkeley to NYU uh, and uh, several universities in Europe. We've got independent uh, non-governmental research groups. And we've got, of course, the entire pharmaceutical industry. And that's from the large cap giant pharmaceuticals like Johnson & Johnson to a very active venture capital private equity sphere. It's, in fact, turned the corner so much so that now there are multiple products that have been fast-tracked by the FDA. So these show uh, promise to be both uh, safe and effective in the treatment of these disorders. So it's kind of come out of the shadows and become more recognized as something that they really need to look into and, and see what the potential is. How do psychedelic drugs help treat mental illness? I know this is a big topic, so kind of give us the Cliff Notes version. And why is there a need to turn to psychedelic drugs versus some of the traditional treatments that are out there? Um, first of all, there is no simple answer. And there's still a lot that's unknown in how they actually treat the drugs. But in layman's terms, that's the way that I best think of these things. It allows the brain to remap itself. And one of the analogies that I've uh, come across is that of a, a field a field of snow with a set of tracks into it. And the tracks are the, the uh, response, the brain's response to an outside uh, stimuli. And so that's what the, the brain does. Even if it's a non-optimal response, when a person is confronted with something that brings on stress or depression, this is the way they act. Even if it's a destructive, uh, take that back. Even if it's a non-optimal path, be it substance abuse or some other uh, type of uh, destructive behavior. 
think of the psychedelic drug as a fresh snowfall over that field, and it allows the brain to now map a new path through the field. So as opposed to traditional treatment of mental illness, which as we discussed, it was generally an ongoing years long process. The way that the psychedelic treatments are shaping up is the patient will have a consultant assistant administration of the prescription based psychedelic drug in a small number of settings, perhaps as few as, you know, less than five sessions. And the cure is permanent. It is a lifetime cure of the disease. So it's really quite astounding the difference in the treatment between traditional uh, medication and the use of psychedelics. That would be just absolutely life-changing to so many people. Um, what ailments are they treating? Uh, obviously, I'm, we talked a little about anxiety, depression. Um, is there any research into like schizophrenia or, um, you know, like addiction, any of those kind of things? Sure. Substance abuse is, is uh, frequently studied, PTSD, depression, anxiety, uh, other disorders such as eating disorders and whatnot, yes. So it covers a wide swath of mental health disorders. Oh, wow. So it can just treat a wide spectrum. That would be really helpful, I'm sure, to so many people out there. So um, can you tell us about a company in particular that's in this index that is heavily engaged in the psychedelic medical industry and, and one of their products or some of their products they're working on? Sure. I, I think the one that I find most people are surprised about is uh, Johnson & Johnson, which is a company that everybody knows. Uh, that company actually has a ketamine-based uh, treatment for, for uh, depression that's currently in the market as a prescription drug. So it's around you, even though you don't necessarily realize it's there. I think then that there's some other exciting companies. MindMed has uh, several um medicines in uh, various stages of clinical approval and field trip health as well. These are companies that have just come to market recently and they've got multiple hundred million dollar market caps. Uh, they're well funded and they're moving various uh, treatments through the clinical trial uh, stages. And they treat, as we discussed, uh, everything from PTSD to depression and substance abuse. So the drug that Johnson & Johnson has um, currently out now, uh, do you have a name for it? It's Spervanto, which is a prescription nasal spray used uh, in the, uh, to address treatment-resistant depression. And that uh, received FDA approval, and it's available by prescription uh, in the U.S. So there's actually drugs I should on... I also mentioned that it's, yes, that it's based on ketamine. Based on ketamine. So there's, I love that there's actually drugs or drug on the market already that they're seeing results with and then also ones in, in um, FDA approval. So that way, hopefully, there's some hope on the horizon. Yeah, I think it actually represents um, the, the breadth of the market. So you've got products that are, that are already approved in the market, most people aren't aware of. And you've got this, these companies that are just coming to market that are well represented in our index. And then in back of that, there's a really robust venture capital and private equity uh, investment space. There's an awful lot of people that are interested in getting in on the ground floor. These are sophisticated investors. And I think that our index identifies uh, an avenue for average investors to participate in this space. Yeah, the index sounds like it's kind of just on the beginning of a new frontier in medical research. So to kind of switch phases a little bit, um, there are a fair amount of thematic ETFs available. So why do you think the psychedelic space is different? Or how do you think it's different? 
I think that when you look at thematics, I, I generally try to put them into a couple of different buckets. And one of them is uh, an awful lot of thematics come out, and I'll call them uh, fad funds. So I've seen, uh, I've been in ETFs, as I said, for, for a long time. Part of what I did was uh, was evaluate new fund ideas. And I've seen everything from funds that are based on presidential elections to social media trending to city-specific funds. I throw most of those in the fad bucket. And then there's another bucket, which are, uh, attempts to pick up on what I consider to be viable new sectors of, the, of of a given market. And when I look across that spectrum, I think that the psychedelics fits firmly in that. This is a serious business. This is uh, there's, there's a path to market that these companies have to follow that's dictated by governmental regulators. And they're all at various stages of that path. But this isn't something that's a flash in the pan. It isn't an investment idea that's here today and gone tomorrow. Um, it represents a new area of research into an age-old issue that afflicts an incredible number of people worldwide. So it takes advantage of a kind of a growing societal problem and, um, you know, helps get attention to that, which is desperately needed. Correct. So where do you see um, this fitting into an investor's portfolio? Well, I think we're looking for a sophisticated investor, one that recognizes an emerging uh, marketplace and is able to separate kind of the, the wheat from the chaff. Uh, this uh, we, we then the index itself obviously offers a diversified uh, introduction to this sector. So I would advise an investor who's uh, who who has any interest in all in psychedelics to look into the space. And it's amazing how much uh, movement there is just on a week to week basis, uh, with both within the clinical trials, within the funding of uh, startups, and within the the IPO listing of new firms. And it represents, I think, advancements in the treatment of mental health disorders that we haven't seen in the past fifty years. I know I was surprised when I was doing my research just how large of an of an area the psychedelic medical market is, which makes it you know really helpful. Um, yes. and, oh, and um, you know one of the things that I kind of found in my research was that there's the the failure rate of some drugs that treat depression is up to fifty percent. So obviously there is a need for a different category of drugs to come in that that can help that the the ones that they've been using just aren't working as much as they used to. Yeah, and that's just look at the failures and look at the definition of success. The definition of success is that even if your condition is is no longer prominent, you're still on, in most cases, a lifelong journey with uh, assisted medication and, and therapy. So that's that's the cure. That's the good case. Um, it's it's quite striking. Yeah, and then just to not have the side effects is huge because I know so many of those drugs have you know some difficult side effects people have to deal with. So. Kind of switching gears a little bit again, does Elemental have any other products available in the marketplace or plans to launch any additional funds? Uh, yes, my investor group. Yeah, yeah, yes, my investor group and I are also working on a fund that is focused on the uh, carbon credit market. Um, that is currently an SEC review, and I'm sure that I, we will be talking about that more in the future. Sounds like you guys are going to have some diverse ETFs for us to uh, to invest in. Well, it's, it's interesting um, because we've been very selective about the ideas that we've pursued. Um, we've, we've looked at literally, uh, you know, tens, if not hundreds of ideas. And these are the, we're really being uh, as selective as we possibly can. And these are the two that uh, just easily uh, rose to prominence. 
Those are the best kind. So we always like to end our podcast with a fun question. Um, it kind of takes us, a, lets us kind of take a sneak peek into, um, I guess, the past of so many of our interviewees. So what was your first paying job? <laughs> well, I could probably start with a paper route, but I won't. <laughs> My first real job out of college was actually uh, in a pit on the Commodities uh, Exchange Center in New York. So where they filmed the uh, last scenes of trading places. Oh, so I yes. uh, spent the first five years of my professional career uh, yelling and screaming uh, in a pit with uh, several hundred other people. <laughs> so you kind of were, I guess, indoctrinated into the financial world early then. Uh, financial world indexation and, uh, and, and you know, so how, to, how to throw an elbow. <laughs> Had to be tough down there, I would imagine. <laughs> It was the type of environment where you knew right away if uh, you were going to make it or not. Yes, I imagine you had to have a little bit of a passion to stay in it, that's for sure. Yes, I enjoyed it. It's a, a little little bit of history there. I love it. I know it's kind of been interesting to ask all of our various interviewees this question because it kind of gives us a, a peek into their the very beginning of their working life. So it's, it's always kind of fun to see. To learn more about the Psych ETF or view the fund's prospectus, you can visit the fund website at psych-etf.com, P-S-Y-K-E-T-F.com, or call one 800 617 0004. Thank you, Tim, for taking the time to join us. It really is a fascinating new medical frontier. You can also learn more about ETC by heading over to exchangetradedconcepts.com. Thank you so much for listening. An investment in the fund involves risk, including possible loss of principal. Investors should consider the investment objectives, risks, charges, and expenses carefully before investing. For a prospectus or summary prospectus with this and other information about the fund, please visit the fund's website. Read the prospectus carefully. This fund is distributed by Foresight Fund Services, LLC.